the Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. But also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is DFS simplified. Head over to PrizePicks.com and use the promo code SGP for a 100% deposit match up to $100. We're also brought to you by Sobet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at Sobet.io. That's Sobet.io. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head to betterfantasy.com slash SGP. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGP. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and free podcasts. seemingly only went after the ball had gone into the net it's when Martin Atkinson put the uh, whistle to the mouth there Andre Mariner is uh, now telling Martin Atkinson that the collision with David De Gea is uh, inflicted by one of his teammates and a goal is going to be given here Arsenal lead and it is the right decision it will be mired in controversy and the Manchester United players surround Martin Atkinson remonstrate with him De Gea not happy at all What a game this is! 
Sancho. Fred going down. Referee again. Had a look. Let's play continue. You know, it's almost as if Fred has stuck his left leg out in the hope that the contact will be made. And um, this could be given. It is given. So, Michael Carrick has been at Manchester United since 2006. He's had three games in interim charge. He hasn't lost any of them. He beat Arsenal tonight and then announced he is leaving Manchester United. Here are his very own thoughts. Yes, thank you very much, Michael. Yes, so after 15 years as player and an interim manager, you've decided to, to say goodbye. Just explain the decision. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not been an easy, uh, easy one to make, to be honest. Um, but I feel it's the right one. I'm, I'm, I'm content with my decision. I feel, I feel quite happy. I've, um, I was meant to take some time off after I finished playing, and I promised the family that we'd have some time together. And uh, it's never happened. And I think I've thrown myself into to, to, to working here for, for so long that um, it just feels like it's the right time to, to, to step away. I mean, it's you know I'll be back around the place. I'm not, I'm not disappearing, but. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just the right time. I mean, what a way to finish. It's a perfect night, really. When, when did you make the decision? And, and it's your decision, correct? Not the club's decision? No, 100% my decision, yeah. 100% my decision. Um, just, yeah, over, over the last week, really, a, a little bit. It was, it was creeping in and um, I was conscious I, and, and I respected the club and I respected the new manager coming in that I wanted to make the decision before I had any contact with him or spoke to him. There was no crossover whatsoever. And, um... I thought it was the right thing to do for, for the club as, as much as, as uh, for Ralph and, um, and yeah once I made the decision that was that was final and I, I was quite happy with that too yeah. I mean I mean, some people had said oh, that Michael Carrick should have left with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was that in, in your mind as well was that a factor in this decision um, no well, listen it's easy for, it's easy to say that and, and yeah there was a part of me a big part of me is, is, is um, to do that but at the same point that we we were in a situation where um, there was a responsibility for me to to see this these three games sure, through. But, it, but was it a factor in in your, in your decision now that that loyalty, if you like, with Oli? Um, a little bit, yeah. Of course it was because I, I owe Oli an awful lot. Um, this is, Gabriel, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that kind of come into my decision. You know, it wasn't it wasn't an easy one. And um, I just said to the players and the staff there of the way the way we've worked together and we, you know, good 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 people in there. Sometimes you, you get what you deserve. Sometimes you don't. You know, we've have worked so hard to to try and bring some success here in, in recent years. And um, you know, it's it's hard to take when you don't quite get to them heights. But. Um, Great times, great memories. Uh, proud of the players over, over the last three games and tonight, give everything. And um, you know, in some ways, it was the perfect night. But it's it's not about me; it's about the players in the, in the club. Did the players know before, or have you just just told? Oh, I just told them about five minutes ago. Then how did it go down? Um, yeah, a bit shocked, yeah, a bit surprised, uh, a little bit emotional in the changing room, to be honest. But um, I kind of expected that. I, I held it together just about. But um, yeah, it's. It's not been easy to, to keep it away from people, I must admit, over the last few days, but I, I, I had a job to do, you know, and, and I was desperate to, to win the game for the club and for the fans and for the players, so I was kind of, I'm not the important one here. No, but that must have meant, with that on your mind then, that must have meant an awful lot to you on the touchline this evening watching your team one last time. 
In some ways, yeah, but I kind of clicked into to, to, to the zone of, of doing a job, focusing on the game, focusing on what, what type of changes do we need to make, how can we tweak it, who's coming on. So that is the end of the Michael Carrick era, not just as a manager, but his 15 years at the club comes to an end. As a manager, he was undefeated. He managed us for three games. He won two of those games and drew one. The draw was a very good result away to Chelsea, a game we should have won because I still feel like Carrick that that penalty was controversial. He, of course, won this game against Arsenal. That ended a long run of games without a win in the Premier League, a run that has taken us out of the Premier League title race, but that gets us back on track and sets us up for the Ralph Ragnick era. And, of course... Possibly his best result was the away win against Villarreal. Revenge for the Europa League, winning against Villarreal away and putting them in a difficult position to qualify for the next round of the Champions League and putting us through ourselves to the next round of the Champions League. Not just as a team that are in the last 16, but as a group winner. So hopefully we get a favourable draw. So a very good job done by Michael Carrick. He now makes way for Ralph Ragnick. We'll hear what Ralph Ragnick had to say later on before we preview the Crystal Palace game. But first of all, you are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also follow the Bet MUFC Twitter account. That's at Bet MUFC at BetMUFC. There is a lock at the end of the show. So we've been winning a lot of free plays on the Twitter account. We've been giving them away. We've been very, very good with the last couple of Man United games, but there is an actual lock here at the end of the show. To get my additional content, of course, head over to lockbetting.com. That's lockbetting.com. I've just guided my clients to their 102nd month in a row of Transparent Track Profit. I'll be posting the PL up tomorrow. That will be the pinned tweet. The PL for the previous month is always the pinned tweet. But you look and all you can go back and look at all of the other spreadsheets over at lockbetting.com. We genuinely do have 102 months of profit. I genuinely haven't had a single losing month in sports betting for over eight years. My website links to a Patreon site, and the reason I use Patreon is because it allows me to be fully transparent. All of my members can put comments underneath every single post, and when I post that PL, if there was any kind of discrepancy, it will be picked up on immediately. However, the only drawback of Patreon is that it bills you immediately. So therefore, if you sign up on the 5th, the 10th, the 15th, the 20th of December, you'll still be billed for the entire month and billed again on the 1st of January. So rather than waiting till later on in the month, sign up now, sign up immediately, and get as much of December as you possibly can. This is a big big month we're having a really hot start in the NBA this month we're winning with our picks and props nearly every single day we're having a very good NFL season we're getting towards the end of the NFL regular season at the moment we are 10 and 2 with winning weeks in the NFL and of course we are red hot in soccer like we usually are and this is a hectic month especially in the EPL the Christmas period is manic and you can get all of the plays over at lockbetting.com so analyzing that Arsenal game very very quickly that was a very Man United-like performance. When you think of Manchester United, you think of character, you think of goals, you think of action, you think of drama, you think of everything that came from that game. Man United were a goal down and then they were up and then they let Arsenal back into the game. And in the end, Cristiano Ronaldo comes through with the winning penalty. Ralph Ragnick was asked about Cristiano Ronaldo and his future among the many questions he answered during his press conference. I was very impressed with everything everything he had to say but specifically addressing that Cristiano Ronaldo situation he said that he's never seen a player that looks so fit at 36 
and uh, basically alluded to the fact that he would build the team around him and that he would be a key feature and that's not a player he's looking to replace. Now, obviously, if that turns out not to be the case, then Ralph Ragnick has already put himself in a difficult position. But look, he's on a three-year deal He's on a six-month deal as the interim manager. After that, he's going to be a consultant. I don't think he's there to rattle any cages. I don't think he's there to make any kind of major controversial decisions. I think Ronaldo is going to play most of the games. And Ragnick's already said during his press conference that he's there in a consultancy role. He's supposed to be there for six months. But one of the things he may advise Manchester United to do if things are successful is to keep him on. So... I think he wants to make a good impression. I don't think he wants to go straight in there as a cage rattler. And there's no better way or no worse way to rattle the cages of Manchester United supporters and the media than by dropping Cristiano Ronaldo. We've already seen the reaction that people have had to him being rested for a couple of games, even though he's 36 years old. So I don't think that's on the Ralph Ragnick agenda. You can get a feel of what is on the Ralph Ragnick agenda by listening to this little bit of audio from his first press conference as the new Manchester United interim boss. I mean, at the time when when Chelsea contact, contacted me uh, uh, last year or this year in, in February, we they only spoke about uh, the option to become interim manager for four months. So it was in February uh, without any perspective to, to work uh, in the long term together. And here now we are talking about six and a half months. So we only have one third of all the games played in the Premiership. And uh, as you all know, we have also agreed upon a, a two year uh, advisory role after those six and a half months and, uh, yeah, and and in the end to be honest if a club like Manchester United contacts you um, for such a role you cannot possibly turn it down do you, I mean, do you look at last night for instance and think there are things that I can change straight away how, how are you going to do this because the team have done well the last three games but before that it not been so good at all <laughs> I mean, obviously, I've watched uh, the latest games. I watched not only last night's game, but also the games against the Watford and against Chelsea. And uh, on TV, when I didn't know that there would, would be contact in, in the next days, I also watched out of interest the games against Liverpool and against Man- Manchester City. Uh, so I'm pretty well aware and acquainted with uh, what's happening here in the club and in the Premiership. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious uh, that uh, the team they, the team have abundant talent, young talented players, but also ex- enough experienced players in the squad. But um, I mean, the major the major target for me in the next couple of weeks, days, weeks is just to to bring more balance into the team. Um, even yesterday, we conceded two goals. We needed three goals in the end to win the game. And if you look at, look at the total goals, the number of goals conceded, it's almost two, two on average per game, and this is just too much. So this is my approach to help the team to get more balance, to get more control on the game. And yesterday's game, I mean, it was, it was exciting for the fans, but even for myself as the future coach, those are not the kind of games that you need every day because uh, um, in football, for me, it's, it's to, to minimize the uh, coincidence factor and uh, to have control and gain control on the game. And this is uh, in football what it's about. And this is my approach. I will try to help these outstanding, talented players to to try and get and keep the way away from their own goal. Jamie Jackson. Hi, Ralph. I'm Jamie Jackson. Nice to meet you. Just to ask you, how easy is this going to be for you to turn around 
Manchester United to have you know, consistent, good performances. I'm, I'm guessing the aim is top four minimum, I guess, for you. I mean, the, the aim in the first instance is to, ne to win the next game, but uh, the next game is on, on, on Sunday, so I have maybe one training session. Of course, I also have the training session today, but I, I can only introduce myself to the players this afternoon. The training will start at, at three o'clock. Uh, the players who have played last night, they cannot train today, so literally it's one training session. So there are not that many things that you can change on, on the training pitch, but uh, it's, of course, about getting to know the players, speaking to them, letting them know what the approach will be. Um, and uh, it will not be easy in the middle of the season. I'm fully aware and I have enough experience to know that you cannot change everything within uh, one, two days or not even in one, two weeks. Uh, other German coaches who have come to the Premiership have, have made the same experience. But it's about winning games. And uh, in the end, I'm very ambitious, like the whole club, like everybody in the club, like all the players. And we want, in the end, to make the most successful season out of it that is possible. Um, right now, we have to be realistic. The distance between us and the top three is big. Um, yeah, but on the other hand, we will see. It's, uh, it's about developing the performance and um, as I said, help the team to get a feeling of how can we control the game. You did really well with Hockenheim, among other clubs. Is it the toughest challenge of your sort of very long career? I mean, it's obviously the biggest club, but it's the, one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest club in the world. So, uh, of course, it's a, it's, a, it's a massive challenge, and I'm more than excited to work uh, with uh, those kind of players uh, that we have here. Um, Yes, it's, it's a big challenge, but as I said, I have also worked with other top star players uh, at Schalke. It was a similar situation, um, and uh, yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to work with, with this group of players. David? Hi, Ralph. Um, if, if you are successful in the next six months, there will inevitably be a, a clamor for you to continue as manager. Is that a possibility, or is it so that you will stop after six months and then go into consultancy role? I mean, the people with whom I'm, I have spoken so far, they have been very clear about uh, that we are talking about a six, six and a half months uh, role as a manager currently. Um, we have never spoken about what will happen in the summer. Right now, I'm fully aware that they might be looking for a new manager. Um, if they will then speak with me about that, we will see. Um, Maybe if they ask me my opinion, and as you said, everything goes well, we develop the team, I might even make the same recommendation to the board that uh, I did at Leipzig twice when, we, when I recommended to them that it might be a good idea to work, keep working with me for one year. But this is, uh, this is, uh, uh, this is all hypothetical. It's, I can't, we cannot speak about that. For me, now it's about winning the next games, and uh, this is the major focus. Ian? When you um, look back at the, the eight and a half years since this club won a Premier League title, I know that wherever you've been around you, you've been observing a club like this. What have you seen over those eight, eight and a half years between winning that last title and where the club and the squad is now? I mean, having had Sir Alec for 27 years, was he here? Uh, winning numerous titles um, I don't think there was any other club maybe it was Giroud with Auxerre but uh, having had the same manager for 27 years is unique, is exceptional and uh, for me it's not that unusual that after such a long successful spell 
that uh, the club needs to find the new pathway. I mean, there have been changes in management, I don't know, five or six managers since Sir Alec left. And therefore, it was also difficult for the club to have to gain continuity uh, with regard to signing new players, uh, developing, um, keeping, sticking to the DNA of the club. And I think this is vital in, in, in modern football that you, that you do that. And for me, it's not that unusual um, that there were so many changes. And I think for the future, and I think we have the same opinion, the board members and myself, it's important that this will be developed in the future, that there will be not that many changes, changes in management. So there you have it. That was Ralph Ragnick. He certainly is a very good speaker. He certainly does fill you with confidence. He's very sure about everything that he's saying. I just think the team news tomorrow against Crystal Palace is going to be very, very interesting. Let's see who he identifies as these great players, these key players, because previously... We've heard him criticise Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw, he said last season, wasn't good enough to be the left-back of Manchester United. And now he has to come in and manage Luke Shaw, who's been a regular player in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's plans. At the moment, we see Shaw out of the team. And Alexis Tellis has the shirt. Will Tellis keep the shirt for the entire season? If the manager doesn't fancy Shaw, will he fancy a player like Maguire? What's he going to do with this midfield? Because there's a big clamouring from the supporters that we do need to sign a central central defensive midfield player. And if so, how does he handle the situation with Donny van der Beek? Because everybody is asking for him to play. Can van der Beek play with Fernandes? Obviously, we have a lot of players up top. How does he handle the Ronaldo situation if Ronaldo's not going to implement the press, which we know that Ragnick likes to play? Um, is he going to get the most out of Jaden Sancho? If Sancho is a regular star every single game, then that means there's one other place in the side. If Ronaldo plays and Sancho plays, we're looking at one place for the likes of Greenwood, who is a massively developing player who looks to be a key player in the future. We then have Marcus Rashford. A lot of people think that he automatically has to play. I'm not in that camp. We then have to obviously see what we're going to do with Jesse Lingard. I believe Jesse Lingard is going to move on. We then have Anthony Martial as well. We also have the long lingering situation with Paul Pogba. Is Paul Pogba going to sign a contract between January and the end of the season? Or is he going to go away on a free and who's he going to go to? There's just so many questions. But that first team sheet is going to be very, very important to see who's on it and how we move forward from that point. Looking at Ralph Ragnick's starting point, you can see that Manchester City are the strong favourites to win the Premier League. Chelsea have dropped all the way down to 5-1 to one off the back of their defeat today against West Ham, whereas Man United are now 150-1. to one. So that is Ralph Ragnick's starting point. He starts 7th in the table with Man United at 150-1 to one to win the league. Man United are finishing the top four. Now, we were heavily at plus money before the game against Arsenal. You were get, able to get Man United to qualify for the top four, qualify for the Champions League positions at 6-4 plus 150. We are now available at even money to make it into the top four. Beneath us, though, is West Ham at 10 to 3, Arsenal 7 to 2, Tottenham 7 to 2, and Leicester at 25 to 1. Above us is Chelsea at 1 to 33, Liverpool 1 to 50, and Manchester City at 1 to 500. So, 
I still think that is a very good bet. I wish I'd recommended it a few days ago. I think even if Ralph Ragnick comes in and doesn't set the world alight, I do believe from this point with that squad of players, Manchester United will have a better record than West Ham, Arsenal and Tottenham throughout the rest of the season. I think Tottenham are the one I'm most worried about. I understand that West Ham have beaten Liverpool. I understand that West Ham have beaten Chelsea today, but they also have massive dips. The one thing I've identified about West Ham is that they actually struggle against the smaller teams. West Ham are a very good team at getting back in their shape, putting men behind the ball and winning games on the counter. But when the ascendancy is on them, when they have more possession, that's when West Ham are going to drop points throughout the season and why you might see them, might, may see them dropping below the likes of an Arsenal and Tottenham later on in the season. But I think Manchester United, they have more quality. Antonio Conte is dealing with a weaker squad than Ralph Ragnick. I think it may come down to those two teams in the end for fourth place. And I think Manchester United will edge it. So getting us at the moment at even money plus 100, I still think that is a very, very strong play. And I'll be talking about that more later on on the show. Elsewhere in other markets, Manchester United are currently 6-1 to one to win the FA Cup. That's one of two competitions they remain in. They are out of the League Cup. They are at 6-1. They are behind Chelsea and Manchester City. Chelsea at 5-1 to one and Manchester City at 7-2. to They're above Liverpool because Liverpool normally put out very weak teams in the FA Cup. And if we look down at the Champions League, where Ralph Ragnick will inherit a team who are in the last 16 and are a group winner. So they will play a group runner-up. He inherits a team that are 14-1 to to win the Champions League. We are above Real Madrid at 18-1. to And above us is Chelsea, the current defending champions, at 7-1. to Paris Saint-Germain at 6-1. to I won't be putting any money on them. Liverpool 5-1. to Bayern Munich at 4-1. to They're at 7-1 to at the start of the tournament. And Manchester City at 3-1. to Manchester City are looking very, very good. But we've seen when it comes to the final hurdle, they have failed to win it on so many occasions. So that is the starting position of Ralph Ragnick. And I do believe that Manchester United to qualify for next season's Champions League, to be in that top four, is at a very, very good price. Would have liked to have got it at six to four. Would have liked to have spoken about it on the last show. But um, it did move a lot off the back of that win against Arsenal. I wasn't sure we were going to win that game. Um, I thought there was good sporting statistical data for Arsenal to get something from that game. I cashed, obviously, on the both teams to score. That cashed very, very early. Firstly, as a result of a controversial Arsenal goal. Um, The commentators were very, very much talking about how it wasn't Arsenal's fault and how they were blameless and how they didn't need to give uh, give Man United a goal back. Well, Smith-Rowe looked up, saw the keeper on the floor and had a dinky shot into the bottom corner. Had David De Gea been on his feet, there's no way that Smith-Rowe had attempted that shot. So he deliberately attempted to pass the ball into an empty net knowing the goalkeeper was injured. So don't give me that shit that Arsenal didn't know what they were doing. But at the end, they got their karma. Manchester United went on to win the game. That is a big three points. But unfortunately, what it did is it moved the line from 6-4 plus 150 to even money. But as I said, I still like that play. I still think Manchester United are going to be in the top four here with this group of players. And that doesn't necessarily mean that Ralph Ragnick has to set the world alight to finish above West Ham, Tottenham and Arsenal here in the Premier League. It's not like he's starting with a Manchester United team that are fighting off a relegation battle. We are in seventh place in the league and um, we do have a decent run in coming over the Christmas period across Christmas and going into January as well after playing our difficult games, losing to the likes of Manchester City and Liverpool and picking up a 
a point away to Chelsea. Moving on to this weekend's game, Manchester United start life with Ralph Ragnick at home to Crystal Palace, where we are the three to five favourites to win this game. It's 16 to five the draw and it's 19 to four here on Palace. I think that's a really good price on Man United and I think that's massively affected by the fact that there is some doubt if Cristiano Ronaldo is going to start this game. Now, Ronaldo actually injured his knee doing his trademark Sue celebration when he scored the winning penalty in this game, in the game against Arsenal. But I do think he'll play... I don't think a little knee injury is going to keep Ronaldo out. I think he would have been icing the hell out of that and doing everything that he needed to do. I mean, this guy is a freak of nature. He has the ice chamber in his own house. That's what he uses every single day. So if anybody in the planet, any footballer in the planet can recover from an injury in three days and has all of the equipment and the helpers and the assistants at home and has the time to come back to the training ground and will dedicate himself fully to making sure he's fit for this game, it's going to be that freak that is Cristiano Ronaldo. So I think he will play, and I don't think that's any real reason to move the line anyway. There have been games where Man United haven't played with Ronaldo this season, and I think to beat this Crystal Palace team, if you were going in with a, with a front three, say with uh, Greenwood, Rashford and, um, and Jadon Sancho, I don't think you should be particularly worried about beating Crystal Palace, who have had a dip in form as of late late. Man United go into this unbeaten in the last three games since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer left winning two and drawing one under Michael Carrick. They have though kept just two clean sheets in their last 12 games so I have no doubt Crystal Palace may be able to score in this game even though Ralph was talking about organising this team and um, controlling the pattern of play a lot more. I don't think that's going to be something he's going to be able to implement with one training session. The game uh, the training uh, the day after the game is very much a cool down session it's very much a session where the players come in and talk and just um, just get their muscles going again and that's a late session I believe that starts at three o'clock whereas normal training is for two hours and starts at 10 o'clock till 12. I believe the day after a game players just come in for, for an hour and uh, the ones that play do very very little so technically he's only really had one day and um, I don't think he's going to be able to implement his plans here within one day. I think he needs a lot more time, but luckily Man United have games coming up where he can improve that, including a free hit in midweek in the game against Young Boys. We've already qualified, so we can possibly do a little bit of experimentation in that game. Palace have scored in eight of the last nine fixtures. Again, that adds to the both teams to score theory. If Ronaldo doesn't play, look for Bruno Fernandes to be a player you want to back to get on the score sheet in this game. Fernandes ended an 11-game run for not scoring for club and country with his goal against Arsenal. If Ronaldo doesn't play, he'll also be moved back to penalty-taking duties. And um, I have a feeling that Man United could get a penalty here in this game. Uh, Both sides have scored in Manchester United's last three Premier League matches and five of Man United's last seven Premier League games have featured three goals or more. I don't see how this is going to be any different, but I do see Manchester United getting the better end of the goals here and getting themselves another win and winning their first game in charge under Ralph Ragnick. I don't see a situation here where Michael Carrick leaves the club and Ragnick takes over and after Carrick done all that good work that Ragnick leads us to a disappointing result against Crystal Palace because that's going to be a very, very difficult thing to take. People will certainly look at that and say, well, you got rid of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you're unbeaten for three games, you got a really good result away to Chelsea, you beat Villarreal in the Champions League, you beat Arsenal, this guy comes in and manages an easier game than all three of those games at home to Crystal Palace, a team who have lost the last two, 
and he doesn't win the game. I think that would be a disastrous start for Ralph. And I think he's going to do everything he can to avoid that. And I think he will avoid that. I think Man United will win tomorrow. And I think they may even look good. So I think the price of Man United at 3-5 to five on the money line is something you have to take. And that was the lock that I alluded to when I was talking on the EPL show and said there is a bonus lock on the show. It's simply to take Manchester United on the money line because I don't think this is a player you can pass up on. As I said, for all the reasons I just stated, I don't think Ralph Ragnick is going to start with a negative result. And anything but a win, anything but a good win even, would be a disappointing start for the new interim manager. So your lock on this show is going to be on Manchester United to simply win this game. Manchester United on the money line. You could also take Manchester United minus one. Now, that's not Manchester United minus 1.5. This is the Asian handicap line of Manchester United minus one. What that means is, is that Manchester United need to win this game by more than one goal for you to cash this play and get a profit. But you will get a push, you will get a refund if they do win by a single goal. Manchester United minus one is available here at even money for this game. If you're really, really confident for Man United to cover a minus 1.5 Asian handicap spread, that one here is available at 7-4. to four. So I think there's decent value on that. It's certainly worth a sprinkle. You're getting nearly plus 200 on Man United to win this game by two goals or more. I think there is a definite feeling among the books that Cristiano Ronaldo won't be starting this game. But as I said... I know Ronaldo, not personally, I mean, I have met him, but I know Ronaldo and I've followed his career for a long time and he'll be doing everything possible to play and a little bit of a knee injury, jerking his knee from a goal celebration. I just don't feel that's going to stop him from playing. If you watch that game uh, when Man United were on the counter-attack and had a chance to make it 4-2 and Sancho was attacking down the wing and he squared it across to Bruno Fernandes, Ronaldo was sprinting down the pitch looking for a hat-trick and that was after the goal celebration. So, so the sister celebration we're talking about, that, that's the injury from a celebration that may keep him out of the game. That's what the press believe. But I saw a player who was desperate to get a hat-trick. He just defended a corner. He even won the header from the corner. The counter-attack began. Sancho was taking it down the wing. Fernandez was coming forward. And Ronaldo was sprinting down the left-hand side looking for a hat-trick. And I immediately thought to myself, even when he came off, this is a player who will make it to the game on Sunday. So despite the speculation, I do think Ronaldo will play. I could be wrong, but I'm still not worried. I still think there's value here on all these prices for Manchester United to win this game and to win this game comfortably. Um, Your bonus lock here, your bonus lock is a futures lock. And I'm going to make it a three-unit play. That's a big, big play for me. But I'm going to do a three-unit play here on Manchester United to make the top four. And that's because of all of the reasons I outlined earlier on on the show. That's it for me in this episode of BetMUFC. Don't forget to check out all of my other content. I'll be back in midweek with another edition of BetMUFC and a Champions League key game show. But to get a preview of every Champions League game, including a lock for Tuesday and Wednesday, head over to lockbetting.com. Good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.